Hey, this is Robert Lang, pastor of Ascent Church. Welcome to our podcast. I pray and hope that you are blessed, encouraged, and that today's message speaks to you. Morning, church. Pray that you're blessed this morning. I'm so glad that you're tuning into this service with us. We're excited about what the Lord has to say this morning. I believe that the Lord wants to touch you. He wants to speak to you through the word this morning, that this will empower you, that this will encourage you, and that faith will be stirred on the inside of you this morning. I'm going to be taking a text out of Luke chapter number eight, and I'm going to title this message the same question that's going to be asked in the text that we're going to read. And this is going to be in Luke chapter number eight, so the gospel of Luke chapter number eight and the 22nd verse, and then we'll read to the 25th verse. I'm reading out of the English Standard Version. And it says that one day he got into a boat with his disciples. This is Luke 8, 22. And he said unto them, let us go across to the other side of the lake. So they set out. And as they sailed, he fell asleep. And a windstorm came down on the lake. And they were filling with water and were in danger. And they went and awoke him saying, Master, Master, we are perishing. And he awoke and rebuked the wind and the raging waves and they ceased, and there was a calm. He said to them, where is your faith? And they were afraid, and they marveled, saying to one another, who then is this that he commands even winds and water, and they obey him? The question that Jesus asks his disciples in this text is the question I wanna ask you this morning that needs to be asked of me sometimes, as I go through situations in life, as we all encounter the different circumstances and storms that sometimes lie in between us and our destination, or the things that try and rock us in despair, the things that put pressure on our lives, that the places where fear is trying to sneak its way in, or the places where fear is trying to already overwhelm and overpower, Jesus asks this question of his disciples, where is your faith? Where is your faith? So in the text here, the disciples now sailing across what is referred to as the lake, Jesus being asleep, but a storm coming in. As the storm comes in, they do what they can to withstand it, to resist the storm. They do everything in their own might or their own availability, the tools that they have, the things that are available to them, their strength, their understanding, all of these things they are using, but the storm seems greater than all of those things. And the storm is putting pressure on them and the storm is putting pressure on the ship. So when they are afraid, they run to Jesus who is asleep. He awakes and he comes up and he rebukes the storm and there is a calm. But he asks this question of his disciples, where is your faith? Where is your faith? And one of the things that I take out of this text or I think that illustrates it well of what is going on here and why Jesus would ask them this question because a lot of things we could look at it and seems like say like it seems fair to do what the disciples were doing they they're doing what what 
most everybody would do in this type of situation or circumstance that they're 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 using their ability as sailors that they're using their understanding of mechanics they're using their understanding of sailing and and and, and how to navigate the weather but it's not enough and so i think a good illustration or a good word to put in here is they're scrambling they're scrambling you know that's what fear does to us when we get out of faith, when we get in fear, we begin to operate in the flesh. We begin to operate on a totally natural level. Level. We, we start looking at everything that is our resources. Well, my bank account. How much credit do I have left? How much can I withstand? What, what's happening in the world? What, what, what's going to happen with my business? What was the diagnosis? What, you know, what was that pain? What, what, what is this pressure that's, that's being applied uh, upon your family or upon your circumstances? Because this storm was threatening to defeat the disciples. It was speaking to them. It was causing anxiety to rise and build on the inside of them. And they began to scramble. It seems the confidence and the trust that they could have had and that Jesus expected them to have was quickly put aside or never really accessed because Jesus comes up after they would awake him to ask them this question, where is your faith? And so again, I'm asking that question this morning, where is your faith? Or maybe another way that we could phrase it is to say, what are you placing your faith in? What are you placing your faith in? Who are you placing your faith in? Oftentimes, without really recognizing what we're doing, we, we, we get our focus, our faith in the wrong places. We, we think we have faith until a storm comes. We think we're operating in a confidence or a divine peace until all of a sudden something begins to threaten it. You know, it, 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 it's, it's easy to have peace when everything's peaceful. It's easy to be confident when, when you have everything that you need. But it's when storms that are unexpected come in and they begin to threaten us. Threaten us with defeat. What are some of the things that are trying to defeat you right now? What are some of those things that are trying to conquer your life? What are some of those storms that have moved in right now causing anxiety to try and well on the inside of you? that has brought you to a place where maybe you feel like you're scrambling. Anxious thoughts here and there. How am I gonna get out of this? How am I gonna fix this? How am I gonna straighten this out? How am I, how am I? You, you, you see, you know, the difference there in trusting him when we have our faith placed in him we're looking at god and it's about him and it's not about how am i how am i or or what do i have but rather we take our faith and we place it on him we trust in him what he has who he is his presence that is with us now hallelujah amen you know the disciples uh, even though jesus laid asleep on the boat it, it, it seemed like they 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 scrambled to that point where they they, they were convinced that they were going to die and in desperation they woke up jesus you know life has troubles jesus told us that life would have troubles he said that in this life we would have trouble 
But he also said to be of good cheer because he's overcome the world. There's gonna be trouble. This was trouble that stirred up in their journey. And trouble gets stirred up in our journeys too. Trouble will get stirred up in our path and trouble will get stirred up in our life. But just because trouble is present does not mean that God has forsaken us. Trouble may be present, but he is also present. In fact, the Bible said he is a very present help in the time of trouble. Situations and circumstances, they try and convince us that we are alone. When we feel the pressures of life, they will try and lie to us to convince us that God is not with us, that God has left us, that God has forgotten us, that, that, that he, he doesn't actually care enough to intervene and get involved. But I need to remind you this morning, you are not alone. I don't know what kind of storm you're going through. I don't know what kind of pressure you're under right now. What kind of thing is being applied to your life that may be trying to cause you to scramble, but you are not alone. You know, there is a loneliness that can be intense. There is a feeling of being so alone that even though you stand in a crowded room surrounded by people, you feel that you are there all by yourself. But on the opposite end of that, I want you to know that there is also a closeness and there is also a comfort that you can feel surrounded even if you sit in a closed off, quiet room all by yourself. You can sit there to know that even though maybe some people have left you, walked out on you, forsaken you, that you are still not alone. Fear tries to convince us that we are alone. Fear will try and isolate us. Fear will try and make us feel that, that, that we are unloved, that, that, that we are unworthy. It'll try and cause us to withdraw ourselves, to, to draw back into things that were behind us, to draw back into dark places, to draw back into depression, to draw back into things that God has brought us out of and delivered us from. But faith, rather, will cause us to face our adversity. Because we look beyond them and look beyond just the natural circumstance. We realize that even though there is a storm taking place and pressure being applied, I'm not asking just what can I do, what can I do, what can I do, as though I were alone, as though, you know, that, that, that there is not a God who is there to strengthen me and help me heaven surrounding me, knowing I am not alone, that if God be for me, who can be against me? God is for us, church. God is for us. He surrounds us. He's before us. He's our rear guard. He is all around us today. His presence that is with us will strengthen us, will empower us, and I tell you today that even though you might find yourself feeling all alone when his presence is there, there is a closeness that is so much greater than all of that. And so I'm again, I'm asking you the question, where, where is your faith? Because our lives sometimes can be so easily rattled with circumstances. And our lives can look a lot like that ship must have looked. 
You know, you think of how that little ship looked surrounded by the waves, surrounded by the storm, and it's just tossed, and it's just putting pressure, and it's just pulling, and it's pushing, and it's tossing it, and it's throwing it here, and it's throwing it there, threatening to break it into pieces. Sometimes life seems so fragile, and our lives can seem like a puzzle that's been broken into many pieces. Hurting, damaged. Life is not without its stumblings. Life is not without its adversities and its pains. And we've all experienced those things that hurt us and those things that wound us deeply. And we could all be in that place where we're trying to scramble and recover. How can I put it back together again? How can I put it? I got, I'm just trying to hold the family together. I'm just trying to keep the business together. You know, I, I'm, just, I'm just trying to keep everything in, in, a, in a place of, of function and, and, and to give some uh, sense of normalcy to a world that is going chaotic. You, you must know what that's like right now where, where there's, there, there's so much scrambling and, you know, our lives where, 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 where storms have moved in, they can leave us feeling sometimes like a broken puzzle that, 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 that used to be intact and, and used to have a picture and it, it used to display something. It, it was the future that we thought we were going to have. It was the vision that we thought we were going to get to. But then the storm comes in and it begins to put pressure on that and it begins to break up some of that and break up that puzzle. And sometimes we feel like our lives are broken in shambles. But what I want to encourage you with this morning is even if you find yourself sitting there and you feel hopeless and you feel fragile and you feel broken. If you feel like a vessel that's been torn apart and the puzzle that you thought was the picture of your life that was holding your life together has been broken all apart, that there is a healer, that there is a savior, that God is the master potter, he is the Lord your maker, and he is able to reassemble and he is able to put you back together again. One of the things that I want to talk about in this text is how the disciples were scrambling and using their own ability gives us a picture of what it's like when we lean on the flesh rather than trusting in God. There's a great picture of this in Jeremiah 17 and 5 that really just lays it out very clearly. And so another question that I would ask is where are you leaning? Are you leaning on your flesh? Are you scrambling without your faith in God? Without your faith in God? without trusting in him for that added grace, for that strength, for the leading of the spirit, where you're stepping in rhythm with God, where you're moving with his peace, where you're sensing his lead and you're trusting the Lord is with me. I'm not alone. I'm not, and even though I don't know where it's gonna come from, I'm still trusting God. I'm, I'm trusting in his faithfulness. I'm, I'm trusting in his goodness. I'm trusting that his presence is with me. And even though I can't see a company of people that surround me, I just know I'm not alone because the Lord is with me. And so there's a beautiful picture that shows us what it's like when we stand in the flesh and also what it's like when we stand with faith in God. And this is Jeremiah 17 and five. And it says, thus says the Lord, this is the King James version, Cursed be the man that trusts in man. Now, a curse is like an empowerment or rather a lack of power 
something that is causing us to fail. It's like an empowerment to fail, but really it's a lack of power, a lack of ability to accomplish what needs to be accomplished. The power is not there. The strength is not there. And it might look like everything's going to work out. And it might look like, yeah, you know, I can do this. I can handle this. I, I've got everything that I need. I've got the money. No, I, I, I got this. I, I'm going to cruise through this situation. But then all of a sudden you encounter something that you were never able to handle. And you realize that the flesh is not going to get it done. Cursed is the man that trusts in man and makes flesh his arm. He's leaning on flesh. He's leaning on his abilities. He, he, he's leaning on natural resources. He's leaning on his stockpile. He, he's leaning on, well, you know, if, if, uh, if I can't get out of this, uh, you know, maybe so-and-so will come over. And, and, and let, these are thought processes that we all go through. But what about those times where you can't get out of it and nobody else seems willing to help you get out of it? Aren't you glad that there is still a well that we can go to that we can draw resources from, a well that never runs dry. It is divine resources. It is the resources of heaven. It is our strength. It is our peace. It is our hope. It's security. It's protection. It's deliverance. It's healing. It's the wells of salvation. Hallelujah. With joy, the scripture said, we would draw from the wells of salvation, a divine deposit, some place that we can go that even when we don't have it in the flesh, and that's not where we want our trust to be. We want our trust to be in God. And so sometimes it's hard for some people that actually have things, and there's nothing wrong with having things, but there's something wrong with trusting in things, having faith in things, because those things are so easily disappointed, and the enemy will butcher those things. The enemy will take us a part piece by piece like that. Oh, but when we have faith in God, you know, Jesus asked that question to the disciples, not, not, not saying they should have had faith in their own ability. Why didn't you just trust in the boat boys? That's not what he was trying to say. Where is your faith? Have faith in God. So as we keep on reading here, it says he makes flesh his arm and whose heart departs from the Lord. For he will be like the heath or a shrub in the desert and will not see when good comes, but will inhabit the parched places in the wilderness, in a salt land and not inhabited. Now we're going to see the opposite effect, okay? This is the guy who has faith in God. This is the guy that's not leaning on his flesh. He's leaning on the goodness of his Savior. He's leaning on those endless resources. He's trusting in God's grace. He's believing that God's grace is sufficient for him in every trial. He, he has a faith that, that's telling him in every situation, he makes a way of escape that I will be able to bear it. And so the Bible talked about the first man as being the cursed man. But the second man, he's the blessed man. And the first man was the man that did not have the power to actually get done what needed to be done. He was the man that, that, that would be parched and, and would be dry. He would be unable to see when good came. Even though it would come, he couldn't connect to it. It, it, it would pass him by. And this is the one that was referred to as cursed, but the one that is blessed. 
And the scripture says, blessed is the man. Blessed is the man. Why don't you just say that with me right now? Blessed is the man. Blessed is the man. I don't want to be the first man described in this text that is leaning on his flesh. God, help us to get out of the flesh. God, help us to get in the spirit. Jesus said the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. That's why we find hope and security in the pages of the word of God because it is alive because it is living word. You know, the Bible is relevant. It's relevant for the world. It's relevant for your world. It's relevant for your life. It's relevant for every situation and every circumstance that you might be facing today. It is real and it is a lie. The words of the living God. This blessed man that trusts in the Lord. Why don't you just declare with me right now, I am blessed. I am blessed. There is a power in that confession. And when we begin to declare that, even in the midst of adversity, or sometimes especially in the midst of adversity, we begin to tap into those things that God has laid up for us. I am blessed. And so blessed is the man that trusts in the Lord and whose hope the Lord is. He will be like a tree planted by the waters. He, and it spreads out her roots by the river. Will not see when heat comes, but her leaf will be green and shall not be careful in the year of drought. Neither shall cease from yielding fruit. And so even when there is famine on the land, even when there is drought around us, the blessed man, the blessed man, he's looking beyond natural things. His hope and his trust is in the Lord. As we talk about being blessed, I think of Abraham because the Bible shows us very clearly that God blessed Abraham. And when God called Abraham out of his homeland, the Lord calling him to trust him, he said, I will bless you. I will bless you. I will make your name great. I will cause you to be a blessing. He told Abraham that he would bless him he would, he would bless the fruit of his loins. He would bless the generations to come so that his descendants would be as the sand of the seashore. And those that bless him would be blessed and those that curse him would be cursed. And so Abraham operated with that blessing and with that empowerment. But when God called him out, Abraham had to go by faith. For God said, leave everything you know and go into a place later that I will show thee. Later, or a place that I will show thee. Didn't say that he showed it to him then. He said, you're gonna have to go and I'll show you where you're going. So Abraham had to go by faith. He had to step out in that blessing that God said would be upon his life and that would empower him. But he had to go by faith in order for these things to happen and for him to connect with his divine purpose and everything that God had for him and for generations to come that would forever change the course of the world, changing the course of your life and changing the course of my life because Abraham said yes, because Abraham put his faith in God, because Abraham trusted in the Lord, choosing not to lean on the arm of the flesh, but to trust in the Lord. And so Abraham went out with his faith in God. 
and the blessing upon him. And because of that, God would multiply Abraham. God would give him lands. God would cause him to prosper. The Lord would protect him. There would be protection over him. There would be protection over his household. There would be protection over his family. This did not mean that there would not be scenarios that would arise in Abraham's life and trouble would come to Abraham's life, but that blessing was upon him. That blessing would pass from him down to Jacob. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But I want to talk about Jacob just for a minute because there's a verse in uh, Genesis and it's 31, verse number six, where God is calling Jacob out of the, the house of his father-in-law where he has been serving for many years where God has blessed him and prospered him, but also where Jacob was taken advantage of many times. Consequence for Jacob's sin. But through it all, God was blessing, prospering Jacob because of the blessing that was upon Abraham and now operating upon him. And I like this verse in Genesis 31 and 6. Jacob says, you know that I have served your father with all my strength. Yet your father has cheated me and changed my wages 10 times, but God did not permit him to harm me. If he said the spotted will be your wages, talking about spotted cattle or, or, or goats or lambs, then all the flock bore spotted. And if he said the striped will be your wages, then all the flock bore stripes. The blessing of God being upon Jacob that even though his father-in-law would try and cheat him and manipulate him, God kept causing all things to work together for his good. And even though he tried to change his wages 10 times, and he would say, listen, y'all, you can take all those that have spots on them. Those will be your wages. Then all of a sudden, they would all be born with spots. He would say, no, you take the ones now that have stripes. I'll keep the, the other ones. And, and all of a sudden, they all have stripes. What was doing that? It was the blessing. Hallelujah. It was that blessing of Abraham operating in Jacob. But what I want you to know today and be encouraged with also that, that Galatians 3, 9. So it says that, so then they which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. They which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. Amen. That that blessing that was upon Abraham is that same blessing that you and I can operate in today. Amen. If we are of faith, born again, justified by faith and walking in faith. Where the Bible said we walk by faith and not by sight. And how that the just shall live by faith even though things kept on trying to manipulate and cause Jacob to fail, the blessing kept on causing him to flourish. You know, the scripture said, there is no weapon formed against you that shall be able to prosper. Any tongue that rises against you in judgment, you would condemn. Another translation of it would say it like this, no weapon that is formed against you shall succeed and you shall refute every tongue that rises against you in judgment. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord and their vindication from me, declares the Lord. And so again, I wanna ask you, where 
is your faith. Because there might be some things against you. Things were against Abraham. Things were against Jacob. Things were against the disciples. But the Lord being for him, far surpassed and outweighed all of these things. The blessing of God. And that's why we must declare, I am blessed. Don't, don't let the enemy convince you of his lies. That, that he has come to steal, kill, and destroy. And that is his assignment. But Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. In him is life. In Christ is life. And he wills to give you life. And the psalmist said, I will not die. I will live. I will live. What is threatening death and destruction in your life right now? Because that's what was threatening the disciples aboard that vessel. And Jesus came and said, where is your faith? And so let us place our faith today. Let us place our hope. Let us place our trust in the sovereign one, in the almighty God, in Jehovah God, the Lord almighty, Jesus Christ today, who is our hope, our life. The Bible says in him was life and the life was the light of men. I, I just mentioned this verse last week and I'll say it again in closing. The psalmist said, I would have fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Or we could say I would have died. I would have not got to my destination unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. He believed. Where's your faith? He believed. He said, I wouldn't have got there. Why? Because his natural abilities were not enough to get it done. He was aware of that. And he said, I wouldn't have got there unless I had believed. But because he believed, because he placed his faith, his hope and his trust in God. Romans 5, 2 says we have access by faith. We have access by faith. And so when the psalmist said, I believed, I wouldn't have got there unless I believed, faith gave him access into divine deposits. And he tapped into the things of God. And there was transfusion. I used that illustration last week. I'll use it again. There was a transfusion when he got linked to heaven and God's strength became his strength. And God's power began to manifest in his life. The touch of God being upon him hope coming alive in him, healing virtue flowing through him because healing virtue flows through Jesus Christ. And that transfusion took place and by faith having access, he believed and he tapped into what he needed to get to the other side. The disciples were told to go to the other side. <laughs> and when they woke up Jesus because they were scrambling and desperate, he asked that question, where is your faith? And so today, church, as I come to a close, I want you to know today that there is grace sufficient for every trial that you face. You don't have to stand leaning on the arm of the flesh, but you can trust him for grace. There's a chorus that I love that I used to sing and recently just heard again and the lyrics of this song quoted and they always blessed me. The lyrics of this song says, he gives more grace when burdens grow greater. He sends more strength when labors increase. To added afflictions, he adds his mercy. And to multiplied trials, his multiplied peace. His love has no limits and his grace has no measure. His power, no boundaries known unto men. 
for out of his infinite riches in Jesus, he giveth and giveth and he giveth again. Yeah, we serve a giving God today and out of his infinite riches in Jesus, he gives to us, he gives to us and he gives to us again. He is so good. You are blessed today. And I say unto you, God bless you and the Lord bless you in Jesus' mighty name.